pigmentation. I'm Victoria. And I'm Gloria. And we are the chemists behind Chemist Confessions. And this podcast is just having a human conversation about skincare science. Over a few drinks. So what are we having today? Yeah, today it's my treat. I am treating Gloria to Bitbaga. Bitbaga. A tall boy because it's Friday. It is Friday. And also this is our uh, editing buddy AJ from <laughs> clipping videos of me awkwardly opening a second can in the background. I found a way, AJ. <laughs> um, yeah, also celebrating because uh, Gloria is actually a big soccer fan. So I figured what better way to get her into the mood of soccer this New year. New soccer season. I'm uh, ready for tears and anger and exactly. disappointment. <laughs> uh, she just needs some comfort because <laughs> Gloria, what team do you root for? I've been following Tottenham Hotspur for the past, I think, seven, eight years. I've seen a struggle. I've seen a rise to new heights. I've seen a fall back into the pit. So I am ready. <laughs> yep. Yep. So anyways, uh, a little fun fact about Gloria. Otherwise, um, we're going to just get right into it with a brand update. So yeah. Uh, in terms of brand update, we should talk about Mr. Reliable because... <laughs> Yeah, there's still no news on what's going on with Mr. Reliable. And why is that, Gloria? Because, well, the good news is by the time this episode comes out, we should have we should be wrapping up with our um, hatchery study. Yes. We've been working on this um, Gen 2 on Mr. Reliable for such a long time. So um, we came up with the updated active list really fast. We knew we were going to face some challenges just because it's a... Uh, an updated list mm -hmm. and we are more aggressive in terms of how many things we do want to incorporate in this uh, in this new formula yeah. we really want to amp up the barrier function um, aspect of the uh, of the base mm -hmm. uh, and in that Victoria and I are very smart we're like let's do two different bases and yes. dual path this thing yes and so in the study um, we had all our hatchery participants compare it um, basically, they would just replace their moisturizing step with um, one of the formulas. And yeah, we'll definitely um, stay tuned. We will be releasing those results um, and just sharing everybody's experience. So, yeah. Um, otherwise. Oh, I was going to say, we, we, we also, other than Mr. Reliable Surprise, we are also working on a few other things. One of them being a retinol product and... It fall is coming, so that should be coming soon too. So look forward to that. We are really proud of that one. We've been working on it for the longest time. Over two years. Two years, and we had uh, quite a few tests done on it. Mm -hmm. So yes. <laughs> yeah, can't wait. Um, yeah, and otherwise, with that, we are going to end on some nice words. We actually have a few nice words this week. Um, we're just feeling very positive today. Yeah, we got this email from our friend Eugene who participated in our uh, latest uh, Chemist Recommended. Yeah. And uh, I, I love this. She said, y'all, whoever is designing your packaging needs a raise and a promotion. It's Victoria. <laughs> Thank you so much. That means so much because, uh, well, I mean... Gloria says it's me, um, but, you know, it's really just the thought child of us two and what we like personally. Um, so I think that 
I don't know. It just means a lot. It's, a, it's nice validation because we're definitely not designers by trade. No, so. all the packaging you see, a lot of it came from us going to Home Depot and getting a bunch of paint cars. And we we're like, oh, does this gray yeah. have an undertone of blue? <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times it's like, you know, I'll, I'll bring something to Gora and Gora will like have her. She'll be like, hmm. And then, you know, it's like a back and forth, kind of like how our book went. And mm. um, yeah, I'm just glad that other people enjoy it means so much yeah and she goes on to say also the specialist is wanted in blemish land for comedone infanticide yes <laughs> that's the goal that is the goal anyway that's all thanks for awesome products we are enjoying uh, them thanks Eugene. thank you and also the blemish land comment is awesome <laughs> We also got a really cool comment about Blink Slate Cleanser. This is a recent review. Um, she's, the title is amazing. Um, she writes, I've tried many cleansers and I'm always worried about breaking out. I'm so happy I found one without cocoa betaine as that makes my acne angry. This does a really good job of removing everyday makeup and sunscreen. Honestly, my skin has never been cleaner. My face also isn't an oily blob when I wake up in the morning too. For reference, super oily acne prone skin, age 29. Good price point too for the size in comparison to other big brands. Yes! Yes. yes, and uh, that's exactly why we chose the surfactant system that we yeah. did. Uh, Coco Betaine, don't get us wrong, is a fantastic surfactant, but it's so common that it makes it kind of hard for people who, exactly as this reviewers, to have issues with it to yeah. navigate away from it. Oh, so it makes yeah. us happy. Hard work is picking off. Last uh, nice where we have is uh, we have onto oh, tiny. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, we have a DM from Katie who said just a little message to let you know that i'm a huge fan i absolutely love skincare decoded and am recommending it to my family and friends i participated in the chemist recommended product purchase and love my customized results yes lastly i admire that you relay information in a way that focuses on the ingredients and not on specific products even your own it seems counterintuitive to business principles <laughs> it it, is. it really, <laughs> it really is. is. Yet somehow you're doing it successfully. It is such a refreshing perspective and approach. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. People we, get us. I know. Getting us, Gloria. <laughs> I, I just. I also feel called out. Like you're right. It's very counterintuitive to business. We have so many times we have one meeting. It's true. We meet people. They're like. I don't even know if you guys make products. <laughs> we're like, I know, we're pretty bad at promoting it. Yeah, they're always like, y'all don't sell yourself enough. And like, I, we always, we have these like existential questions that we always end up in discussion, usually over a few drinks of like, you know, as like chemists and people in science, we're just like, these are the facts, you know, and it does kind of go against that like business culture of selling yourself. Right. So, um, we're, yeah, still working on it. I'm glad that people can appreciate that aspect <laughs> of us. And I feel like we just really take transparency to like another level in terms of just being brutally honest. Yeah, so, so thank you so much. Um, and thanks for liking the book. Yes, awesome. All right, so we're going to jump right into it with our next segment. It's in the news. What's going on? Well, uh, Yahoo Finance uh, just released a statement. Just want to share with everyone. The title is the global skincare product market is expected to grow by 50 billion dollars just between 
2021 and 2025 um so it's just a projection um they usually like to every year they you know kind of talk about the health and growth of cosmetics and clearly skincare is not going away there's definitely like just within the price tag you're gonna see a lot more i would say um growth and Mm. just new brands a lot of it they kind of talk about is due to like at home spa care mm-hmm. um probably with covid with me time and also just like you know not being able to see your esthetician they do attribute that growth to that so yeah anyways i'm curious i'm also curious how color cosmetics is gonna go yeah i i feel like being at home so much recently a lot of my makeup is probably dried up and should yeah. be replaced soon yeah. and like i almost feel like an urge of like this i don't know just like buying going out clothes and new makeup just but where am I going? I don't know. I think that's a good point because I was looking at... So I recently went to a wedding and I was looking at like lipstick. Also, mm-hmm. it felt very weird like wanting to put on lipstick because, you know, and the wedding was in Hawaii and like to want to put lipstick on while you still have to care- cover a mask is like a little gnarly. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was looking at my lipstick... You're right. Like I was looking and I was like, oh, is this shade outdated? Dry. Like, <laughs> is this... Maybe this isn't the right tone right now, and I, I don't really have a good sense. Yeah, me yeah. either. No, that's a good point. All right, what else we got? All right, next, uh, there's a company called Elysium, and EWG is coming out with the Science First skincare line. Okay. The whole job pitchforks. Right. This is not the Environmental Working Group. It is a company called Elite World Group. I believe they're a marketing de- uh, data firm. So, yeah. I'm sorry. That's a really unfortunate acronym. (laughs) Yeah. um, Anyway, I just thought when I saw the headline to double take, I'm like, excuse me. (laughs) Um, But I'm I'm, I think I'm always happy to hear that there are more people who are taking the science forward approach. Curious to see execution. And and this is why always. (laughs) Yeah. And actually, honestly, that's why, like, I think a lot of our fellow um, people who do scientific communication on social media um they get very frustrated by the clean beauty movement which we totally understand but a lot of times i do feel like it's about the industry consumers and people like us finding Mm -hmm. the balance of okay there is a drive to know better and do better how do we get there so it's just going to take some time yep totally true next uh the CFDA, the chinese fda has a huge update on their regulations huge Huge. Sorry. <laughs> no. Dated reference. Oh, thank, thankfully, yes. <laughs> um, but there's a lot that goes into it. They're still in the works of phasing out animal testing, so on and so forth. Mm. But something that just kind of caught my eye from like the long list of uh, new regulation is they have explicitly banned CBD and any CBD adjacent products. Which is not surprising. Yeah, it's on brand. Yeah. With their government policy. Yeah, also if you leave the leave the States, leave North America, well, if you go to Asia, the, the feelings of CBD and CBD related products. Just, yeah. I did want to also say I, I found it really fascinating that they are starting to require clinical data yeah. with some of these brands that are being registered. And I think that's, um, you know, while the CFDA does get a lot of flack for some of the other things um that is something that i do appreciate because you know they're clearly looking for like do does your claims actually hold up um in what form or fashion so definitely that deserves brownie points yeah um yeah all right next next let's uh try to wrap up the new section with some new launches yeah uh cozar x has uh 
I don't know if the whole lip line is new. I never noticed any lip products before, but they have That's quite... That's new to me, too. Yeah. yeah, so they have quite a few new lip products, and mm-hmm. one of them is uh, a lip plump. Uh, they call it the lip plump with AHA, BHA, vitamin C, so on and so forth. <laughs> I see. Go on. I'm interested. And the ingredient is petrolatum, hydrogenated, polyisobutene, polyisobutene, mm. phytosterol, yada, 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 shea butter. And then... Uh, is that in there twice? It is in there twice. I copy and paste it and write this myself. Um, Fancy that. (laughs) And then towards the end, you will have your... uh, um, I can't find it. I don't even can't find we're the AHA, BHA, and vitamin C. Oh, no, oh there's we're looking. Oh, magnesium, ascorbyl phosphate. We see variant. that? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Some extracts that may or may not come. Anyway, the point of the story is, it's, oh, I think we're happy that AHA, BHA is now, like, part of a lot of most people's vocabulary, that it's, like, a trendy word. That they want to put in their name. Right, so, um... Moral story is, you don't necessarily need to peel your lips. Actually, please don't do that uh, with actual high levels of, say, AHAs. The skin is quite thin in comparison to your average face skin. So, yeah, Yeah, not necessary. Definitely not necessary. But I just find it mildly humorous that now it's, like, also advertising lip products. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) Good to know. FYI out there. Um, And then... Finally, uh, this is like more for fun for Gloria. I found this article and yes, I did. I fell for the clickbait. The title is, wait, should we be applying nighttime skincare before or after sex? <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm getting Who, a little, you know. Who's asking this question? Yeah, no one, no one asked about this. Okay, but for some reason, they, there's this article and it they actually do interview a derm and it's not even about the before after sex timing part it's this specific line that i had to share with gloria the derm who will not be named says skin renewal and rejuvenation starts around 11 p.m with peak melatonin levels so aim to have all your nighttime skin routine done by 9 to 10 p.m that's it you get a one hour window apparently to apply your skincare yeah. How do we feel about this, Gloria? <laughs> cool, you do that. <laughs> and also, I just, I find the whole premise so funny. Like, what What if the answer is, oh, get it done before. It's like, hey, babe, you want to go? Hold up, I need my pharmacy mask. <laughs> also, what if it's during the 9 to 10 p.m. hour and you're like, excuse me. Uh, can you just turn me up? We gotta go. Yeah, time out. <laughs> one, one sec. <laughs> Okay, now go. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, again, like, I just, I, it's more tongue-in-cheek, it's for fun, I just want to just clear the air, if you also read this too, your skin, you do not have to apply skincare in a very specific window of time, they don't even reference, like, what, um, what time zone, like, <laughs> so, when you travel, like, what do you do, yeah, you gotta take your, skin, like, melatonin level, be like, oh my god, Optimal melatonin can have sex, must go to sleep, shoot glass on. Yeah, I can guarantee you this is not a well, this is not a well-proven theory by any means, and so I don't want you to worry too much about time frame. <laughs> I actually think like that goes in general with like kind of kooky, uh, really 
extra kooky re- regimented mm-hmm. suggestions. Like yeah. you have to wait at least thirty five minutes between products. Like yeah. no, like things like that aren't really based on real science. Yeah, um, yeah but if you want us. Uh, I don't know. know. You were going to say as an excuse? (laughs) Oh, my God. Actually, I feel like that's just going to be a funny... Yeah, I don't even know. (laughs) They react to that, but but babe, my melatonin level is it. I I take it as people are starting to get so into skincare. This is like how meticulous people are getting you know like they want to know exact time points and they're setting their apple watches <laughs> to go off and tell them but sexy <laughs> i can't really I mean, like the little line from the article that's like oh like you don't want like the motion to like rub anything yep. off on the sheets or on your partner <laughs> on your partner <laughs> unless you want your partner to start wearing skincare <laughs> Anyway, great fine yeah the questions people ask <laughs> yeah yeah great so anyways that's a little bit of the news um we are gonna get into the meat because today it's also a very juicy topic um because by the time this rolls around this will be starting fall to get time. into fall and what perfect time to get into pigmentation yep so um we always say when the sun isn't so bright when yeah. weather's getting a little cooler yeah. it is time to really really tackle that hyperpigmentation and let's be real New freckles that may have developed, which, by the way, if you're like Gloria, I am prone to developing mm-hmm. new freckles and new moles. Mm-hmm. Definitely try to get your annual um, skin mm-hmm. just mapped out and looked at quickly by dermatologists. I am overdue, as I will report back with findings. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, we should all. Um, you should have an annual checkup with your derm. Um, monitor new moles. Um, check out that pigmentation. Yeah, it's a good time to check in. Yep. So, um, we get this question, we get questions on hyperpigmentation mm-hmm. a lot. So, uh, we're going to rededicate an episode to it. Um, so, first things first, we're going to do a very, very quick five-second biology. Mm-hmm. So, basically, um, your melanin, uh, the pigments are produced by your melanocytes, which is in the dermis. And Looks they like are shaped like fingers. Like and, <laughs> and factors like hormones and, of course, UV ray and other stressors. Um, can cause as a trigger it does regularly produce melanin mm-hmm. but those other outside triggers may cause it to go out of whack mm-hmm. and they make the melanin produced package and it sends out in their tendrils to the upper layers of skin and that melanin becomes um visible yeah so a lot of your hyperpigmentation products they can um i we always really like covering the biology because it places a lot of logic to your skincare routine yes so uv rays uh causes um causes melanocytes to produce extra melanin so as a is a defensive mechanism actually um for uv damage right so um biggest way to tackle that pathway is sunscreen yep. and antioxidants too to pre- uh, to prevent inflammation and free uh, radical free radical. kind of the symptoms of free radical generation mm-hmm. yeah exactly and then um once you if if it's already in overdrive um other active ingredients they tackle how fast that melanin is produced mm-hmm. to help bring it take it back down a notch so generally speaking that is how that works um now, we get a lot of questions, too, about the difference between, say, melasma, sunspots, mm. and post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. Um, 
the reality is whatever you may have, the topical products you use don't really change. Mm -hmm. If there's like a more specific treatment in terms of let's say a, a laser therapy or deeper peel, uh, something more targeted for your concern, that's definitely an in-office thing. Um, most diagnosis definitely requires an in-person derm office visit. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think like just to kind of vary between, I feel like if anything, melasma definitely is a little bit outside um, the general cosmetic realm um, and where like at that point you may really need to seek a derm out to tackle melasma in general, but then like PIH, sunspots, and even melasma as well, the topicals that are given, those actives are the same. It's just different concentrations, right. different cocktails. Um, and also have a professional kind of like keep up with your progress Um, and just so you know uh, unfortunately a little PSA on gold standard hydroquinone hydroquinone will no longer be available as as an OTC product so uh, a quick reminder uh, there's cosmetic products which is just kind of free for all ingredients OTC products are your sunscreen, acne and skin lightening um Usually you'll see that, just refer to your sunscreen label, they'll have the active ingredient sheets. Those mm-hmm. are OTC drug products. Drug facts. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there's prescription only. Hydroquinone in the U.S. is now firmly moved to the prescription only category. So unfortunately, we won't be spending a lot of time on hydroquinone this episode just because it's not available to most of mm-hmm. you anymore. Uh, and I did want to add, you know, as much as the legislation makes it sound like it's because it's dangerous and toxic and all that, we want you to know that it is tr- truly deserves its gold standard label mm-hmm. because it does have the most data behind it in tackling hyperpigmentation. Um, so I definitely don't want people to feel like, oh, like when you do, you know, you're doing your research, you're looking into hydroquinone, like don't be too afraid um, of by what you read and what's being said out there. Right. It's annoying. <laughs> Ooh, the beer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next. Next. Um, before we dive into then what can you do um, from just mm-hmm. non-prescription care, I do want to set everyone's expectations that unfortunately... Gore is about to be the bearer of bad news. I'm, I'm sorry. Just kidding. I'm sorry. But yeah. it's true. It is. Unfortunately, it is not your imagination. It is incredibly... Uh, hyperpigmentation of any form is a very, very... Uh, persistent problem yeah. and if you're the skin type and it can happen to anyone of any skin tone mm-hmm. but if you're prone to develop hyperpigmentation it's just something you have to manage for forever and it takes a long time to see results and you're just gonna have to keep up good habits um i want to highlight it i think i was gonna mm-hmm. also say part of the struggle is also like it takes longer to battle it than the seasons and by the time you're like already trekking into summer your like skin is just starting to like show that efficacy and then now you gotta like protect yourself from you know extra sun during the summer and springtime and so that's why it's like it just doesn't get along well with the season yeah not at all um I really want to highlight this uh, this problem yeah. with a study. I found I found a study where the result says uh, they tested a product that says da, 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 da. 
Uh, 32%, uh, oh, sorry, do, 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 do. This, this product was used for 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. So note that in these type of studies, they use it twice a day rigorously for 12 whole weeks. And then at the end, it says 57% of the subjects show at least a moderate response. At least. 17% did not improve, and 3% got worse after their treatment. And the conclusion was... This was a well-tolerated and effective cream. <laughs> so that just kind of set, tells you like what kind of data people are, are expecting to see when it comes to pigmentation. It's, mm -hmm. it's personal and expect moderate results. So Yeah, and I feel like this is pretty prevalent with all of the pigmentation data. It's In some ways, I feel like it's similar to eye creams where mm -hmm. it's like the... It doesn't sound promising, but even to get a marked improvement is already a win. So right. do think of it like that. Right. Yeah. So just setting everyone's expectation. Mm -hmm. That is the end of my bear bad news bearing. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about actual help. Okay. So uh, when I was putting this, uh, putting the meat together for mm -hmm. this episode, I was very confused. Like, I'm not sure what's the most helpful. Yeah. So um, obviously we've been doing this for so long that we're not like, we're not a good average consumer per se, so That's I decided truth. to go shopping. Went on Sephora, Derm Store, uh, mm -hmm. went to CBS, and just started filtering products by um, Hyper. They all have a skin concern filter button, mm -hmm. so we checked off like uneven skin tone, dark spots to see what kind of products come up, and we realized that it's really confusing. I was gonna just say, I was like, mm -hmm. did you find it confusing while you're shopping? Because I found that people say like, brightening even tone dark spot correcting you know it's right. like the the actual descriptions are all very broad and i think that it would be hard for an average person to shop and be like i don't know if this actually targets my pigmentation concerns yeah no totally yeah that's the claims are absurd yeah. and all over the place and then the products themselves from a chemist per perspective mm -hmm. is incredibly diverse mm -hmm. so the top products you'll find let's say in sephora you'll find uh you'll find a glycolic toner uh that's next to a retinol yeah. and then there's a vitamin c serum which are like very different products all around and the way you use them are different too but they're all sephora isn't wrong in classifying them as pig hyperpigmentation helpers but at the same time like when you put your routine together, it's very daunting. Yeah, and I think just to add a layer of complexity is these the mechanism of these ingredients are not all well studied or mm -hmm. proven. Um, Gore and I, when we wrote the pigmentation chapter, we tried to break down and put some logic to the ingredients and like what actually is more of prevention protection, what actually targets like tyrosinase inhibition mm -hmm. to prevent the melanin production you know and what actually is trying to intercept like the melanin deposits you know so that but even that for us is generally a loose interpretation because that usually takes multiple studies to prove and that's why it's all very confusing yeah it's a hot mess so um i decided to kind of like maybe like break yeah. it down a little bit yeah so you you'll see two very Generally speaking, two different types of products. Mm -hmm. The ones are the ones I just mentioned. They're the single 
champion champion products so they're the ones that will say uh retinol products tends to have just retinol maybe one or two supporting ingredients Mm -hmm. um there are your chemical exfoliants you'll find your glycolic toners and like lactic acid serums here um vitamin c c ferulic um combos and different vitamin c derivatives are also in this bucket and we have new kind of ingredients that's caught people's eyes like acetic acid and arbutin yep um and then you have combination therapies. These are your classic Lytera's like, mm-hmm. and SkinCeuticals, Discoloration Defense, Murad Dark Spot Corrector. Mm-hmm. I think Clinique has a few Dark Spot Correctors. Obagi's got theirs. Yeah. Yeah. And these are the ones that will tout that they have at least three, four, five different actives. And um, that- I would say also garners a higher price tag. Yes, so a lot of them are in the at least sixty, if not a hundred fifty dollars yeah. range. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so it can be really confusing. So we'll try to break it down for you guys yeah. really fast here. Um. So first of all, we really want to highlight, and I should have brought this book. <laughs> I'm trying to help you guys do this in the book. Um. Towards the end of the book, there is a. Routine section. We try to give pretty simple routine guidances to place some logic in the in, in the routine. Yeah. So um, before anything else, SPF. Yeah. Wear your sunscreen. Or else, what's the point? Yes. What's the point? Your skin's gonna keep, you know, making melanin deposits and continue that pigmentation production. So. If you don't do that, then don't even try. Don't even spend the money on this. Yeah, so it's definitely, um, yes, UV rays is the, whatever type of hyperpigmentation you have, the sun makes it worse. Mm -hmm. So definitely wear your sunscreen. And um, yeah, as Victoria said, if you don't do it, there's no point spending the $150 on light tarot. And I also just want to remind people, if you didn't watch our acne um, episode, um, it's also the same for acne lesions. You're wondering why, like, um, your acne lesion is now a flat surface, but you're seeing that, like, darker halo. And if you don't use sunscreen, it will just get darker, and it will make it that much more difficult to fade. So that, too, you know, I just want to remind you guys, like, it is really important to mm-hmm. actually tackling the skin concern. Yeah, just um, just do it. Mm-hmm. And we really want to highlight the uh, a very basic beginner's routine if you have pigmentation problems. Yeah. Let's say you've never really used any anti-hyperpigmentation products mm. or anything. Um, make sure you do these first. So we will say vitamin C in the morning, mm-hmm. definitely sunscreen, mm-hmm. some sort of AHA or chemical exfoliant at yes. night. Um, this is, if you've never used these products before, just this basic routine alone, you will see a generally speaking brighter complexion. Mm-hmm. More even tone. Yeah, what I'm being on this to erase dark spots, but Mm-mm. it will definitely give you the, a bit of that glow back. Uh, and incidentally, it's also a good maintenance routine yes. all around. Yes. And I, I did want to call out, there's actually even a study done on um, re- regarding AHAs and incorporating into your routine where they looked at um, comparing 8% glycolic and 8% lactic acid. Mm-hmm. And even with an 8% lactic acid used nightly, um, they've shown that it, it does help with reducing hyperpigmentation. So it just incorporating in that into your routine nightly, not only is it great for tackling, you know, um, or just building a good pigmentation routine, but it's just 
generally a great routine all around just to make sure that cell turnover is on a healthy cycle. So. Yeah. So when you go to that shop page and you yeah. filter by uneven skin tone. Easy. Yeah, pick up a uh, pick up a chemical exfoliant and yeah. pick up a vitamin C serum. Yeah. Um, and refer back to those episodes for which ones we yeah. <laughs> we recommend. Um, retinoids might get a little complicated, so I'll get back there. Anyway, we're going to keep going. Yeah. Um, so that's the basic routine. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to add a bit complex, uh, a, a bit more complexity to your routine and add a combination therapy, it mm. is recommended. Yes. Um, honestly... Hyperpigmentation is a full routine problem, and it's also like a throw a lot of things at the wall and yes. see what sticks problem. I mean, we discussed it in the beginning. You're you have to look at different stages of pigmentation to tackle, you know, to really start seeing those benefits. Um, a, this is why I like don't really believe a single active tackling pigmentation is really gonna like right. get those benefits that you're looking for. Um, it's similar to acne. You got different pillars that you need to take down, um, right. and that's why a cocktail is, is the best approach. Right. So um, shopping tip numero uno when mm-hmm. buying a cocktail is, as I mentioned, uh, it's chemical exfoliants very helpful. Mm-hmm. These brands know that. So some of the cocktails actually have AHAs already mm. in it. So, for example, Murad's Rapid Dark Spot Corrector has glycolic acid in combination with transamic acid. Mm-hmm. It's like a weaker version of the gold standard. <laughs> um, and so Glytone also has a glycolic plus azelaic acid. Mm-hmm. SkinCeuticals Discoloration Serum combines transamic acid with kojic acid, niacinamide, and their proprietary molecule, yeah. Happies, which is actually also an exfoliant. Mm-hmm. So uh, the point is, when you're shopping for it, it's not bad that these products already have that exfoliating factor uh, built into it. Mm-hmm. You could still layer, let's say, your glycolic toner or serum uh, with it, um, but just be aware that you are layering, and yeah. maybe when you start out on the serum, like tone it down a little bit and just make sure you don't over exfoliate i think that's a such a great point and i was going to ask gloria like you know we've got all these cocktails going on all these are actually quite strong in combination um can you give some advice on how to approach like introducing the serum into your routine um is there anything they should look out for in combo yeah so um these are Yes, so I will always place the ones with glycolic serum on the more aggressive mm-hmm. end just because it comes with that um, chemical exfoliation. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of treatments, I will introduce at night, mm-hmm. um, every other day first, just mm-hmm. to see if there's any irritation. I do find that these serums tend to be less irritating than, say, a retinol. Yes. Like, when you're starting totally. out these, they're not as likely to irritate you than with a retinol. Yeah. Um, and then after that, a lot of them are also tested for twice a day usage. Yeah. Um, but make sure your sun, um, sunscreen habits are up to standards with yes. that. Yeah, so awesome. yeah, that will be my show. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break from pigmentation. We're going to break up this dense science um, with our claims corner. Um, yeah, so with our claims corner, we just like to kind of poke fun at um, a little bit of the marketing communication that you might see. Also, it will help you as you are browsing products um, just to see how a chemist would, you know, read some of these claims. And I absolutely have to talk about this one because <laughs> um, Gore and I, when we always talk about chemist confessions and why we started it, it's because 
usually um, we kind of feel like serums use like a dash of some very exotic extract and Gloria loves to joke about these stories that come with it and I just have the perfect one that I think <laughs> Gloria will enjoy. So La Prairie just launched their Pure Gold line and the bottle is absolutely gorgeous. It is a fat yellow like gold solid like it's not solid gold, but gold um brushed metal bottle mm. um and i'm just gonna read gloria the details of this formula it's their pure gold radiance concentrate and it starts with when the sun's rays sweep across the swiss mountain faces it is a moment when beauty imposes itself undeniable that sentence doesn't make sense. It is an instant that admits an understated resplendence. <laughs> Good SAT word. A radiance like no other. Fleeting. <laughs> it is the hour when beauty is elevated to grace. <laughs> the grace of the golden hour in the crown of the Alps. <gasps> I could keep going. Would you like uh, me to keep going? Yes, it's yes, gold. Yes. All right. Inspired by this fleeting moment. La Prairie seeks to recreate its unique radiance and impart it to the skin, imbuing it <laughs> with resplendence as if lit from within. One rare immutable ingredient can transmit this undeniable beauty, gold. <laughs> A noble metal, its warm, flattering luster withstands the passage of time, remaining persisting. I, I, I don't oh, know where the sentence is going. Just, that's it. That's the end of the sentence. It bestows the radiance in glowing waves. Ew. <laughs> A generous serum, generous pure, gold, serum. <laughs> pure gold radiance concentrate provides immediate and long-term benefits to the skin for an unprecedented glow. <laughs> the formula infused with the pure gold diffusion system is caps. designed to smooth the skin and refine its texture to revitalize its appearance and help even skin tone wow so that wow. could not be like more the classic like marketing story that comes with i uh the price tag is 850 dollars <laughs> serum god damn and in on the website if you are curious enough um they actually show a picture of the mount the swiss alps and during the golden hour um just just because you know gold gold is the theme and so i just i had to share like that is just the atypical marketing story that comes with an over 800 dollars price tag serum you know we haven't done the prices right series in a while but we I, our metric my metric i use usually call out is if you can buy a playstation it's probably not worth it this is a you can buy a ps5 off the black market pricing definitely exactly. not worth it and also if you can get an office if you can get a laser session or two in a thousand percent not worth it you could get a whole treatment with that price tag yeah. and the other thing is i you should instantly feel like a red flag when you read a description and you have no idea what it's talking about. <laughs> I have no clue what it's trying to precedent say. Precedent to glow, my skin with what? In waves. In waves, I say. For what? <laughs> yeah. So anyways, um, I just had to share this. 
Um, if you have tried this, have been gifted this, and you think we should change, sh our minds should be changed, please let us know because I am so curious that aside from making your vanity table look like a baller, um, <laughs> I just, I, I don't get it. Yeah. So anyways, that's our claims corner today. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed it and learned an SAT vocab word or two. In the theme <laughs> of uh, pigmentation not worth it <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah so all right let's get back to pigmentation uh we're gonna designate this whole spotlight on arbutin right gloria yep so what awesome. we wrapped up is um on combination therapies yes. and when we were doing it uh, doing research on that um we found that recently um what seems to be super popular across all these brands are um transamic acid azelaic acid in our butin. Uh, we have an episode mm -hmm. basically dedicated to transamic and uh, azelaic acid. Sorry. So check out the episode mm -hmm. here. And that's why I decided to take a closer look at our butin. Um, Let's do it. I'm pretty sure the ingredient became really popular also because of the ordinary. Mm. They have a 2% serum that's mm -hmm. basically just arbutin. Um, Insolvent. Yeah, they have one that's arbutin, and they have one that's like 2% arbutin with 8% L-ascorbic acid, and propane diol, all in propane diol, 90% propane diol, stop it, stop the propane diol. Oh god, oh god, we've lost Gloria, uh, we've lost her. Just, oh. Alright, 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 arbutin, arbutin. So, why Arbutin got its fame is because it is a structural cousin to hydroquinone. Mm -hmm. And since hydroquinone has regulatory shenanigans, people are like, hmm, the next best thing. Let's just attach a sugar molecule to it. Yeah, like add a tail, add a little hat, yeah. whatever, right? Boom. Um, yeah. So the funny thing is Arbutin has this reputation of being a hydroquinone um replacement almost yeah. just because how similar it is but there isn't nearly as much data on it compared to hydroquinone let's just say we're not giving it the gold standard label just yet yes so there's a few different versions of arbutin the most common one is alpha arbutin mm -hmm. and then there's also beta arbutin which is um so in the eu the regulation goes uh, alpha you can use it at max at two percent and beta seven percent mm -hmm. and then there's one more called deoxy arbutin which which you can sketchily buy on Amazon, but note that it is banned in the EU, mm -hmm. mostly because it turns into uh, hydroquinone is considered very effective. Yeah. We won't get into deoxy because you can't; it's hard to find it anyway. We like to stick to the EU's um, safety guidelines. They usually champion; um, they're a lot more strict on it than um, the rest of the Definitely world. Definitely so very vanilla. We look to them for guidelines. Yeah. Yeah. So with alpha and beta arbutin, what's interesting is, and this, oh, it's gonna get very nerdy. But step one to a good um, anti-pigmentation product, and that goes for anything, any um, any molecules and also any extract. So licorice root extract, mulberry, the, uh, the ones that's known for this have all been through something called the tyrosinase inhibition test. Mm -hmm. So going back to nerdy biology, tyrosinase is an enzyme that kind of decides, uh, it doesn't how fast your cells are producing melanin. So by slowing it down, telling it to take a chill pill. <laughs> yep. Yep. So think of it as the, it's like a, 
like the controller, you know, and, yeah. and it's what's going to drive that melanin um, deposit, yeah. I guess, that rate. Yeah. So having tyrosine inhibitor is like having a co-worker smoking weed popping in, like, what's the hurry, guys? <laughs> just going, smooth, come here, smooth. lay down, have Bro. a moment, let's just chill out here for a second. Let's talk about meaning of life We're for not a speaking like we smoke weed. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, <laughs> But arbutin, um, both alpha and beta, have been through these tests. Now, the problem with all things science is, especially skin science, is sometimes there's different ways to do things, mm-hmm. and there's not necessarily a consensus as to what is the best way to do it. That's actually classic science. Um, right. Everything is exploratory. It requires a ton of experimentation and a lot of just like reinforcing, retesting to prove that that data is actually true. And fun fact, the first step uh, of validating this ingredient being done or uh, on testing to see if it stops, slows down tyrosinase, a lot of times it's um, they pull uh, they pull cells from mushrooms. Mm. So yeah, again, kind of goes back to our antioxidant episode. When you start with yeah. a, with a test subject like a mushroom, yeah, does that affect translate to human skin? It's a bit of a leap of Exactly. Um, We time and time again always talk about why in vitro data is just more of like a sniff test. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like just to say, okay, is does does this actually even do anything? And then after that is when you do all the hard work to show that it makes its way down and actually targets tyrosinase. And also you wanted to target the tyrosinase that's used in humans, you know. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Arbutin, the problem is between alpha and beta, mm-hmm. there's some sort of some conflicting data on mm-hmm. which one's better. Yeah. We'll say the more common one and the more common one that most brands put their money behind is alpha. alpha. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not to say beta doesn't do anything because there are also tests that show beta does do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and the good thing is there is um, clinical evidence. Yeah, and I was also going to mention... Um, from what I believe that in EU regulation, the concentration of alpha versus beta is different. Yes, alpha is a um, capped at two percent, mm-hmm. and beta is a seven, mm-hmm. and that's why you'll see um, the ordinary products capping yeah, it at two percent. Yeah. So I believe the good molecule has a seven percent beta, but beta is not as popular in terms of um, products. So the good thing about arbutin is it actually. It has human clinical results. Um, like we said, there's a lot of things that's kind of promoted, paraded around as miracles, and it's only mm. been studied on mushrooms. And mm. good thing is that's not the case here. We did find a, a, a study that has all of our favorite words. So it is <laughs> a randomized placebo control, mm-hmm. double blind trial involving 102 women. Yes! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, that had pigmentation problems. And the study group, they divide into 54 each. Yeah. They apply these products um, twice a day. Um, the, the test product has a final concentration of 2.51% arbutin. Mm-hmm. But that's really interesting because it does end up going above the regulation percentage. Yeah, point, yeah. But not by that much. So it gives us some indication. And then the great thing is we love studies that are placebo controlled mm-hmm. um so this study does have a placebo and it showed that clinical uh, improvement was observed in 70 76 uh, percent of female patients with a melasma and uh 56 percent of the patients with sunspots so um yeah it absolutely 
it indicates pretty positively that it does work compared yeah. to placebo. So definitely worthy of a try. Agreed. I don't know if it's like that great used alone though. Yeah. That's my problem with it. I think it's again like I just sticking to like what we've said before like the best approach is a cocktail approach. Mm-hmm. So definitely a green light for incorporating it into your routine but don't let this be just the sole champion ingredient. Also why can't you include AHAs? Come on. Like, everyone should have it at this point. Like, you know, and so I think, yeah, I totally agree with that sentiment. Yeah, so we're going to highlight a few products here that have our butin in a combo. So yeah. definitely scope it out. Yeah. And know that if you see extracts like uva ursi extract, <laughs> that's the extract that contains our butin. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. Uh, is So here's my thing with extracts, though. Usually, that means that it's a significantly less amount of arbutin. So, is there? I we kind of talk about how extracts are very difficult because um, the actual active concentration is unknown. Mm -hmm. Usually, need a lot more, and the actual concentration of that the extract is also hard to gauge. So, I'm just curious if there's any advice for people who find uva ursi in their products. So interestingly, plenty stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's quite a few that shows pretty good data yeah. on um, on hyperpigmentation. Yeah. Uh, Uva Ursi is one. Yeah. Um, there's licorice root extract. Um, mulberry has some great data, and then there's bisabolol, which is derived from German chamomile that we love. Oh, we love we use. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem, as Victoria mentioned, a lot of it, you it's hard to tell what kind of activity mm-hmm. they're using it at. Uh, what's their sourcing? So for me. My take is always like it's honestly great to have, but if that's the only active a product has, then so consider these as your secondary actives. Right, awesome to find in your pigmentation products. Do not ride on that as Alone. your. Yes. Don't gamble solely on that. Um, and I I also want to mention like if you do start looking into plant extracts with for brightening or even pigmentation benefits, a lot of them are tested in cocktail yes. as well. Like. For visible, we love, but it, again, we also see that more as a secondary active to all your heavy hitters. So, again, reminder. Right. So, again, so, uh, this is a patient game, but it's also an active yeah. cocktails game. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> the reality is all these ingredients that we mentioned, transamic acid, uh, elagic acid, arbutin, um, kojic acid, all these extracts, you will find it in some random jumble combination yeah. somewhere, right? It's like that. It's kind of like when Monica was teaching Chandler. <laughs> it's like there's sometimes you find a one, two, three, a three, four, a five, seven, six, seven. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point. And I was also gonna just like speak from personal experience. Like when I feel like people who deal with acne, they're used to a much quicker timeline mm. of like when an acne arises and when it goes away. Squash it. Mm. Then you deal with the pigmentation part and it is so frustrating because it takes so long to fade. And the best mentality is to set it and forget it. Set your routine, forget about it, and let it just like keep to that diligent routine and just let it, you know, do its thing and fade, you know? And so... I think like that's kind of there's there's definitely like a behavior behavioral part to this as well. Yeah. Um, but I can guarantee you both Gordon and I we both deal with our own pigmentation problems and um, as much as might seem a long time, like it will be worth it in the end. 
Yeah. Um, and just want to highlight how ridiculous some of these cocktails get. Yeah. I found a great paper that goes a novel cream formulation containing niacinamide of four percent, arbutin three percent, bisabolol one percent, retinol aldehyde at point oh five percent for treatment of epidermal mal- uh, melasma. <laughs> yes, this highlights. The truth. Just throw things at it and see what happens. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Awesome. Kind of to wrap up this me, I hope it's a little helpful in terms of breaking down. Yeah. We'll put this in blog format for everyone to reference. Just remember, patience is key. Yeah. Stick to your routine basics. And also, when you can't take it anymore, it is time to see a derm. Because yeah. now hydroquinone, tretinoin, like things that will get you that more visible results, even laser treatments, mm-hmm. those are only available to you in office. That's so. a great point. Awesome. So I... I think that's a great, you know, general picture of how to approach pigmentation. Hopefully that gives you an idea of at least step one of how to build mm-hmm. your routine. And then, you know, definitely check out the blog. to. T- um, we'll kind of go into detail and the book um, and how to like layer past step one, you know, and bring in all these other actives because you got to build that cocktail. Right. Awesome. All right, so that's the me. Oh, that was the me. I'm done. That was the me. Yay, yeah, we're done. All right, awesome. So next thing, it is time to break, 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 break it up, break, break, break it up, break it up, yeah. This is tall boy. Excellent. It's also Friday, so we're very happy today. Um, this time it's my turn, and today um, I would like to talk about the humble beaver. No. <laughs> you don't like beavers? <laughs> All right. It's, uh, I really enjoy this one, guys. Okay. I just want to say, okay. So we're going to keep it simple today with a good old beaver. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. This is why we're friends, guys. Um, so you might have heard the term eager beaver, and that's actually because... <laughs> It, it's coined because they're such hard workers. Um, they spend all day cutting down trees, creating their dams, and just building their homes, at which they've termed, the term is a beaver lodge. And um, That's adorable. I, I would like a vacation beaver lodge. Actually, though, because <laughs> I learned that, you know, they actually live, like, a semi-aquatic existence. Like, they actually have a membrane that they can... Um, cover their eyes so that they can swim their nostrils they actually um can close it just so that they're better swimmers um and the other unique thing is that their lodges are actually quite complex um Mm. all of them will have a back door that gives them direct Mm. access to water so it's like as if they have a swimming pool Um, (laughs) they'll dig canals to make sure that they can bring in water into their homes so they have fresh water access um so pretty developed architecture um for the humble beaver um and i actually got really curious and i googled biggest beaver dam in the world (laughs) um and it's actually amazingly so big that um you can see it on google world wait what yeah you can see it there's like satellite images and um the biggest dam is actually in Canada's Wood Buffalo National Park in Alberta. The beavers had built lodges nearby, and then it just slowly morphed into this giant beaver kingdom. Um, <laughs> the lodge is half a mile long, and it's speculated to have been around since 1970s. That's crazy! Yeah, so literally there is a beaver town. Um, and so... Um, We're going to beaver town. <laughs> 
hardworking and they've actually recently made the news because they are actually a complete menace to the human habitat Um, in fact what's funny is they've caused quite a commotion in Canada even though that's Canada's national animal Um, and so in recent headlines um, you'll find that they've been stealing wood fences during COVID which is actually terrible because if any of you are doing um, like home improvement projects right now you'll know that lumber is really expensive expensive. (laughs) Um, they've actually caused a 12 hour internet power outage by chewing through like really thick internet cables oh my god and the funniest thing is they found the internet they had stolen the tape from this comp the internet company and how you use it to like line no! down. Yeah. That's too smart. It's too smart, yeah. <laughs> and then apparently um just last month the Quebec town of Grenville sur la Rouge is what it's called. Um they actually called to eradicate their population of beavers um, after apparently there were 200 dams that were built on a nearby waterway and flooded over 30 square kilometers of the (gasps) town underwater. Oh my god! Like that is how good they are at their job. And so I, and it's so funny because these people, they just, they feel so bad. They're like, yeah, this just feels really wrong. You know, it's like, but at the same time, they're like, they're menaced. They, they literally go. are drowning our town. Um, and apparently that's an annual problem. Um, they've actually spent yearly, Canada will spend millions fixing damages just from beavers. Wow. So if you talk about Canada, Canada definitely got its own set of problems. Um, but to be fair, um, they actually have a profound effect on ecosystems. Mm-hmm. Um, their dams actually restore valuable wetlands. Um, they actually recharge groundwater, they filter out sediment, nitrogen, and phosphorus, and they actually do create havens for, you know, the aquatic life for fish and frogs. So anyways, I just had to share the eager beaver, this very humble rodent, Mm -hmm. is uh, giving Canada the middle finger. (laughs) (laughs) I just... I, I just want to meet the one that discovered how to use electrical tape. It's like, yeah. yo, Bob, you're not going to believe what I found today. This is amazing. <laughs> Our life dam is going to be epic. I'm going to float that motherfucking down. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, the beaver. Yay, beaver. Beaver. All right. If you've got an animal story you'd like to share, please send it our way. Let us know. Yeah. All right. Oh, so, that's... Do we ever shoot the, the floaty? No, we didn't. Oh we yeah. Speaking time. of speaking of animal yeah. sharing, we have a story for you next time that our friend shared with us. We totally yes. forgot about it, but we'll add it to the next episode. Yeah. For sure. Alright, cool. And we're gonna wrap this up because we wanna get out of here. We're gonna wrap up with a QA. Um, just a couple questions we've recently gotten through our blog, Instagram, people write to us. So first question is when we combine BHA and other serums, does the pH level of the BHA product affect the efficacy since ultimately it stays at 3.5? Great question. Um, and as we mentioned, we ourselves, we understand that there's a, a lot of people get very enthused talking about pH, how to keep yeah. it optimal and this yeah. and that. Um, we ourselves think it's a little overblown. 
pH is important, but it's just one factor to it. Um, if you put something pH of 5 after your pH of 3.5 BHA, you're not going to neutralize it. And our perspective comes from two angles. Yeah. One is, A, it takes your skin two hours to um, recalibrate pH, so... You know, no one's waiting two hours to layer. And two is when they do clinical studies, no one is monitoring no. when you're applying the BHA, not even a little bit what you're laying afterwards. So, um, and it still works. So yeah. it just shows that it, it's such a minor point. So, yeah. Yeah. and I was also gonna add because BHA of all the acids, the mm. chemical exfoliants, um, pH pH we care about the least because. Mm. In reality, a lot of times, like, it's perfectly happy sitting at pH of 5, you know, so I wouldn't really worry too much, especially for BHA. Um, all right, next question. Number two, am I correct in thinking a toner would help correct or bring skin back from an acidic state, such as a post-tone peel? What would you say would help counteract a product with high pH? Um, say you get stuck using the complimentary hotel soap bar, what would get you back towards five? So another pH question, I just want to preface, we did kind of a series, um, Gloria put together a nice guide on like pH, just this general topic and almost like this, um, I would say like almost, mm -hmm. uh, uh, researcher mentality and like being very careful with pH, um, just to like calm everyone's fears. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So toners... It, it depends. Toner is yeah. a broad category. Um, if it's like a glycolic acid toner, then yes, it will. It, it can help bring your skin back down to an acidic state. Your skin is naturally around pH of five. Home peels are typically around like a pH of three point five. They it should shouldn't be. be that much lower than they that. They should be. <laughs> Hotel soap bars. We're talking about pH of nine, yeah. ten. So, um, how do we after applying products? Do we have to, and how do we bring them back? down to, uh, back to about five ish so i would say a slightly acidic states i don't want to really worry too much about it yeah. it will self-correct and and also it's there's a lot of studies on acidifying the acid mental for a while mm -hmm. and it's uh as far as i can uh, i've seen in research papers none of it's shown problems and because it doesn't stay there that long and it's only shown benefits and not so much cons so i wouldn't worry too much about home peels it is true that in office peels you have to neutralize, yes. but that's because it's a pH of one. You don't want that sit on your skin for very long. Right. Yeah. And uh, personal anecdote, I have definitely used a hotel soap bar because I forget my cleanser. Yeah. Um, if your skin is normal, healthy, generally healthy, not compromised, um, you'll be fine. Skin is also, it's meant to be a barrier. It's supposed to be resilient. It has its way of calibrating back to its normal pH, just as Gloria mentioned. So I wouldn't worry too much. Um, again, if that's like, um, if that's abnormal from your av actual cleansing routine, um, follow up with a moisturizer, you know, stick to your general routine. Um, and also just want to remind people, we talked about cleansers before. Um, one study actually tested, wanted to compare people who use a soap-based cleanser versus, you know, a more acidic pH and found that skin was normal just to calm your fears. So one day of using a soap, you know, a hotel soap bar is going to be just fine. So, yeah. 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 And yeah, if you're really worried, uh, a basic like colic toner will do the job just yeah. fine. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So that's yeah. a normal length episode. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're ready to go. You what know are we? Oh. oh. <laughs>
So what are we talking about next time, Victoria? Ah, you know what? Uh, It's fall. It's seasons are changing. I think it's time for Gloria. Did I say Gloria? I'm sorry. I think it's time for Gloria to do her spiel on dry skin. No. Okay. Well, if you have anything else you want us also, to talk so about, also, so Victoria can just chill comments. here. And Let us know out. in the comments. <laughs> yeah. Um, otherwise, you know where to find us. Uh, you can find us at chemistconfessions.com, on Instagram at chemist.confessions, or leave a comment. We usually get back to you. It's just the two of us answering inbox. So yeah, well, give us a couple days. Yeah. But otherwise, um, hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, again, uh, if you have any questions, we always want to help you, um, especially build your routines. Um, otherwise, enjoy, guys, and thanks for watching.